the team. Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, joins us. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Tim, good morning. Always good to be on with you. Always good to chat with you, sir. Uh, for the Cardinal Buffaloes, a thrilling win against Arizona State. Unfortunately, last weekend, couldn't back it up with a, uh, with a win at Arizona. The uh, Buffs fall to the Wildcats and a, a disappointing loss after, a, like I said, a great win against the Sun Devils the day before. Yeah, without question. I mean, you know, I thought Collinwood had played uh, not not great, but certainly very well against uh, ASU. In fact, finished the first half on an 8-0 run. Got a big shot there from KJ Simpson to tie it at the half, and then had a 17-3 run to wrap things up at the end of the ball game. But you know, going down to Tucson, that's a tall task for anybody. I don't care who you are. And I thought in that given day, Arizona was right for the picking. They came out, had five turnovers in what the first uh, couple of uh, two three minutes. Uh, Colorado got a 12-point lead. But the thing is, when you play a team like that in an environment like that, you don't have to be perfect, but you got to be close, right? And I thought there was a stretch there. After they got the 12-point lead, they're up 18-6 to at that point in time. And then they made a couple of uh, mistakes, had a couple of defensive lapses, which allowed Arizona to hit a couple of big three-pointers. And all of a sudden, the momentum gets going. And in that building, and it, that's one of those rare buildings the McHale Center is. You know, you've got, I think, the Carrier Dome in Syracuse is good. Uh, you've got... Uh, Certainly, I think, uh, you know, Duke's home court, uh, Poly Pavilion can be that way at different times. There, there are different air arenas like that that when he gets rolling on, it's hard to stop. And, and that's what happened. Now, with that being said, uh, the Buffs, you know, had, had a bit of uh, some stumbles, I think, in that first half. We're down by double digits at halftime. Actually won the second half, only a 10-point loss. So I think they, they, they represented themselves well, but it, it just illustrates how near perfect you have to be in a game like that. You can't have those kind of lapses and make silly mistakes and take bad shots with the Buffs that I thought in the first half on a semi-regular basis. They rushed some threes. In that building, when you when you take a quick three in transition and you miss, generally that and, and leads to a long rebound, and that ends up being a pick six on the other end. And you see that so frequently against Arizona. So, you know, I, I think a young basketball team learned a few lessons uh, you know, played relatively well against Arizona, but not well. Certainly not well enough to win in an environment like that. Yeah, he's certainly from a rebounding standpoint, the the Wildcats only one rebound better, and and so the the Buffs held their own on the on the glass. But when you look at the foul line, I mean that was that was a difference in this one as well. Mark Buffs thirteen of eighteen from the free throw line, but Arizona nineteen of twenty six. That you know, you look at that that advantage in terms of made foul shots that uh, played a role in in the loss in that game. That's in large part going to happen on the road. I mean, not not often do you go in and, and you know have a, a free throw advantage over the opposition, but also I think illustrates in aggressiveness and you know the kind of team that Arizona is. Ballo is a beast of a human being. Holy cow! I can't believe uh, Gonzaga let him go, uh, but uh, he is a monster human being, and he was really a difference maker in that game. Now, Julius Tabellus. Many, we've been talking about him being, you know, potentially the player of the year. There's something not right with him, Jim. Um, you know, the three games, including the Colorado game, he had four points, 11 points, and then he had 13 against Colorado. Uh, the 11-point game was against Utah last Thursday night. Had a moment there where he lost his cool and kicked the basketball up in the stand. There's Ooh. something going on with him. He doesn't look right to me. There's something, and, I, and I'm not talking physical. I'm talking about between the years. He's he's struggling right now. 
I think, from a mental standpoint. So he wasn't as big a factor in that game as he probably would have been earlier in the season. But uh, the Buffs, you know, they got two seven-footers out there for goodness sakes. And, and uh, you know, Bottle really ended up being a problem for Colorado. And, and when you're doing that kind of thing, when you've got a guy that's forcing the action, and then you look at some of the other players they've got, uh, you know, Pella Larson and Creesa uh, uh, and guys like that that really penetrate and get downhill on you defensively, that then ultimately ends up creating foul shot opportunities, which Arizona did very well. Yeah, you mentioned Balo. I mean, 18 points, 16 rebounds, a double-double. He had six offensive boards to lead them. Yeah, he was uh, a pain in Tad Boyle's backside in that yeah. game last uh, last weekend. He's just such a monster. I mean, he's seven feet tall. They list him at 260. I, I think that's that's on the low end. I, I'm thinking he's 270, 275, somewhere. He's just a big, agile human being. And you know, I, we've talked many times about Lawson Lovering being a, a good defensive player, and he is. But, you know, for Lawson, who's, you know, weighing 230 on a good day at this point in time at seven foot one, and, and uh, that, that's a learning experience. You're, you're, you're wrestling with a, uh, a growing man out there. And, uh, and Lawson, you know, I think asserted himself, uh, certainly, and played relatively well, but uh, that, that's a tough challenge in there. And, and, you know, especially for a Buffs team, you know, you're without Javon Hadley. He's out with a finger injury. And, you know, Javon's only a six foot six guy anyway, but you're, you're really thin in the post right now in the paint. And so that, that everything falls to Lawson. And, and uh, you know, there's, that's, that's a lot of big bodies to be dealing with out there for one guy. And, and uh, like I said, Bob Ballo had a great day, no doubt about that. Well, tonight it's USC at Colorado. The last time out in uh, Southern Cal, it was a 68-61 win for USC in a game where, where Colorado, from a, from a rebounding standpoint, absolutely dominated the Trojans 44 the 29 of the game, uh, Lawson Lovering had a, a really good game, 13 points, 14 rebounds, a double-double. It's a USC team that uh, right now, look at the, the projections, probably an 11th seed right in, in the NCAA basketball tournament, Mark. USC a lot to play for here heading down the stretch, heading into the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, they certainly do. I mean, you know, you look at that group right now uh, behind Arizona and UCLA, and you've got USC in there, you've got Utah in there, um, Arizona State's in that group. Colorado would be in that group. Kind of that, that next four, you know, hoping they've got a chance. Like Colorado surely on the outside looking in. But you, you, USC, you know, has got their, their maybe the best opportunity to get into the tournament right now the way things are if they finish strong here. But, you know, Colorado, I'm not saying if Colorado knocks off USC, they're, they're you know, in the driver's seat. I'm just saying they give themselves a chance. If they can run the table these last three ball games. And, and that, that's not a that's not a crazy thought for them, even though they're playing USC, UCLA, and, and Utah. If they were to do that, they, they can they can certainly at least make an argument if they go and play well in Las Vegas and put themselves back in the conversation at least for the MIT. So uh, you know, every game down the stretch here, every single one of these teams they've got to play, all three of those USC, UCLA, and, and Utah are meaningful games. In, in, in many respects. For UCLA, it's just it's about seeding at this point in time. Uh, but for the other two, uh, it's about getting into the tournament. For Colorado, it's about making at least an argument, trying to put itself into a position heading to Vegas. Maybe they can make some noise there. And So, yeah, there's a lot to play for down the stretch. Mark Johnson, voice of Buffalo, is joining us on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned UCLA. They'll be in Sunday. USC, of course, tonight for the Buffs or at the CU Event Center. And when, when you look at UCLA, uh, number four team in the nation right now, I'm sure you caught Mick Cronin's comments when the bracket preview came out about how upset he was that they were not one of the number one seeds. 
So a little gamesmanship on the part of, of Cronin because he said, look, in the past, we've we've got bad seeds and look how we've done. We've we've overperformed our seed. I guess just your takeaway, Mark, and what he had to say about about not being one of the number one seeds. Well, first off, uh, what you did in the past has nothing to do with your seeding in 2023. Okay, so so how you performed in the past, bringing that up has is absolutely zero credibility in terms of what, what you've done every year. It's supposed <laughs> to be based on what you've done this season, and are you one of the top? If he wants to be a number one seed, one of the top four seeds teams in the country. Uh, at this point, can you really look at UCLA and say they're one of the top four teams in America? I, I don't think yeah. anybody with any objective, uh, you know, sense makes that kind of comment. Are, are they one of the top eight teams? Nah, they can yeah. maybe make that argument. They're certainly one of the top 12 teams in the country. There's no doubt about that. I'll put them in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was, yeah, gamesmanship might be the right word for that. I think that might be what he was trying to do, at least make an argument, and I understand that. Uh, but, yeah, to think that right now UCLA's a number one seed, you know, are they the best team in their conference right now? I, you can make an argument they're not. Yeah. You can make an argument that UCLA's a more talented team. I think they probably are. Um, in my view, UCLA is a is a tougher team to put. I had a, by the way, uh, I talked to a lot of, I do, you know, try and talk to a lot of coaches, uh, guys that I've worked with over the years and kind of get their take on things. Um, I talked with a coach late last week as we were about ready to play Arizona, and, and I said, uh, your coach, you've got an opportunity to play. You, your choice to play Arizona or UCLA who would you rather play? He goes, oh, UCLA any day. I said, really? He said, yeah. Uh, he said, I think UCLA is more consistent, but yeah, but Arizona is far more talented, far more explosive, and that's a game you can get your tail kicked. For UCLA, you, you can stay in there and grind with them a little bit. So I, I think that that's an interesting objective view from a coach that I, I talk to on a, on a, a regular basis who thinks that UC, or Arizona is the team that scares the daylights out of you. UCLA, they're really good, but they don't scare the daylights out of you. So, you know, there's that. Mark Johnson, voice of Buffalo, is with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Uh, we asked your uh, uh, colleague, uh, Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, about this, that uh, George Klevikoff, uh, Pac-12 commissioner, met with San Diego State officials. When he went out to cover the Rams game with San Diego State the other night, he said, yeah, it's, it's starting to look like at least the people that cover San Diego State, the people they talk to at the university, that it's looking more and more likely that San Diego State's going to probably leave the Mountain West and join the Pac-12. Have you heard anything that corroborates that or or disputes that at all? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of seeing, you know, reading the same tea leaves everybody else is, and uh, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering, with what we're seeing uh, regarding the media rights, and, you know, we just saw something here the last few days about Apple being involved, and maybe the media rights deal is going to be a 100% streaming deal. That should scare the daylights out of everybody in the Pac-12. Uh, and if, if you're getting into that, because, you know, we've talked here in recent years about the enormous failure of Larry Scott and what he was attempting to do and failed miserably at with the Pac-12 network and how that hurt the exposure of the Pac-12 and how that, you know, coaches and administrators throughout the league think that really has hurt this league in terms of recruiting and all sorts of, of different aspects of this league. What do you think would happen to the Pac-12 if this was entirely a streaming deal moving forward? That'd be devastating. Well, yeah, and and so um, you know we can talk about adding San Diego State to the mix and SMU and or whoever else Fresno or whoever else they, that's been rumored out there at, at one time or another. You know, you start seeing stuff like that, and I start looking around thinking, okay, who's going to jump? 
who's going to lead the conference? You know, I thought Dennis Don had a piece over the weekend I saw, and he was talking about this very topic for CBS Sports. And, you know, he was saying, hey, listen, if this is the way it's going, keep an eye on the four-corner schools, jump into the Pac-12, and maybe uh, Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten and just leaving everybody behind. So um, right now, at least I, in my seat, I'm not sitting here uh, solely focused on who may join the league. I'm thinking to myself, okay, who's going to lead the league? Right. Where everything is going. And so I, I think this thing's pretty volatile right now. And, and uh, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of standing on, on shifting ground, I think, in this league right now. So it's going to be interesting to see where it all goes. I think an Apple streaming deal is fine. It's going to be part. It's going to be part of it, and then we're seeing more of that. But if if it's become if it is the the outlet for Pac-12 sports and it's the primary outlet, they're in, they're in huge trouble. There still has to be a terrestrial and or entity like ESPN involved in this to provide the kind of coverage necessary for this league to survive. And if they can't do that, I I don't know what the future looks like for the Pac-12. You know, and, and listen, I, I don't, I don't doubt that at some point down the road, and I'm not smart enough to predict when. Uh, you know, total streaming deals are going to be the future. Okay, I understand that, but but is it is it 2023? Are you going to be the first one to make that jump? You know, maybe if you're the SEC, you, you might say, okay, maybe we could do yeah. that. And, you know, we're we're the leaders right now, and, and we're the strongest conference in, in college uh, football, and, and maybe we could do that. But, but certainly, when you're the Pac-12 and you've been lagging behind here in recent years and you're trying to make up some ground, I don't think you want to be making that kind of you know, jump at this point in time and, and you know, taking the lid off that deal uh, and, and, and you know, putting yourself in, in that kind of position where you're really not getting exposure at this point in time. I'm not sure that's a wise deal, but maybe that's all that's left out there, which, which is why I think you've got to be careful watching how everyone else is kind of viewing this thing. Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, with us. One final thing I want to ask you about, Mark. Uh, Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, the situation involving uh, Brandon Miller, his player, and the gun to the former player uh, that used it in the, the death of a woman. I just, I sat there and watched that the other day, and, and I get it that he didn't have all the information uh, about what was going on, but, boy, that sure came off as tone deaf to me. I mean, you know, I know he issued an apology later on, a statement through University of Alabama, but boy, that that was tough to watch because there just didn't seem to be any sympathy for the woman who who was murdered. It was about well, my guy's okay, my guy, you know, he's he's fine, best player in their their basketball team. Yeah. I, I I just boy, I don't know, I don't know what your takeaway was. It was it was disappointing because it seemed just so tone deaf on the part of of Nate Oates. Well. Uh, you know, for, for somebody, and, and you do the same thing, that, that lives a life behind a microphone or in front of a camera all the time, uh, I am never ceased to be amazed at the comments that people will make under these circumstances. When you're dealing with something that is that sensitive, you know, my, my rule is always, you always, uh, you know, defer to the side of decorum and sensitivity under the circumstances. Always. Always. There's somebody's life that was taken. There is a, a child, I think she had one child, maybe it was more than that, at least one child whose life has been altered because of that. And your group of guys had something to do with it. Now, I don't know what degree, and that's, that's for the authorities and the legal uh, folks to figure out. But I think under those circumstances, yeah, the whole wrong place, wrong time comment, when we know for a fact that there was a text or a phone call that said, hey, bring the gun to me, and that gun was eventually used in a murder. Yeah, always defer to the side 
of extreme sensitivity and decorum at that point, and, you know, something along the lines of, listen, there was a life lost here, and, and I am not going to say anything that's going to overshadow the great sadness and loss for a family that's dealing with that. Um, the legal process is unfolding. We're going to cooperate the best we can. Uh, our condolences are the circumstances, and whatever happens down the road here, we'll deal with that at that point in time, but right now we defer to all that. You know, something along those lines. But to come out and make a comment, ah, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, you know, it's kind of kind of a tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like a tough break. Oh, it's just you all. Know, ah, just you know, poor kid, wrong place, wrong time. You know, it's come on, come on, man. That's that's that was just it was just so cold. You you come across as exactly of, of of having just no sense of reality whatsoever, and and sometimes I think what it does, and this is going to be a, a comment that maybe people be a little shocked by, but what it does, it it, it shows a little bit the cocoon that coaches and athletes live in. And and we put them in. Okay. Mm-hmm. We put them up on a pedestal and, you know, when a coach makes a comment about, oh, we're gonna do things the right way and, and we all just adulation, oh my goodness, do you see he's a good man. It does well hold on a second. <laughs> Guess what? Every coach says these things. All right? Every coach says we're gonna do things the right way, we're gonna be this, we're gonna be that, not a lot lot. Let's stop elevating them automatically simply because they make a comment. You know, we shall know them by their fruits, right? Let's watch them and see exactly how they act. And, and so, you know, we do that to these men and, and these athletes many times, put them in the cocoon, and that's why. And, and, and we as media, we're always asking them to talk about all sorts of different topics they have no business talking about, but we ask them anyway. And so we put them in a situation, and I think after a time, there's, there's a little bit of a, a callus that builds up that a lot of times these people start to believe that, uh, you know, we're almost untouchable. And, uh, you know, we're in the middle of our little cocoon, and no one's going to say anything about us. We can wait a minute here there's life going on outside your little cocoon there so let's remember that yeah there, there's more than a basketball season going exactly on right. in, in, in a story like this hey mark i always appreciate it have a great call tonight on on the buffs in usc and go buffs all right i appreciate it we'll talk to you next week all right, take care all right mark johnson voice the buffaloes